Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, if you are waiting for changes to this Lakers roster, might want to sit down, take a deep breath, and hold on because we might not be revisiting this stuff until Thanksgiving? What? According to Adrian Wojnarowski, the uh, Lakers, and especially Rob Palenka, specifically Rob Palenka, they are waiting until the first quarter of the season or so. They're hoping to wait until the first quarter of the season has passed uh, to eventually make a trade uh, of, of, you know, finally send Russell Westbrook off. Uh, Here's what he said. Um, on ESPN earlier today, quote, I'm told Rob, I'm told to expect Rob Palenka and the Lakers to wait until post Thanksgiving, 20 games into the season and see what teams may start pivoting who don't start off well to decide that they may start to unload players and perhaps get involved in the Victor Wembenyama sweepstakes to get it down in the lottery, end quote. Man, a lot to unpack here. I think we should start here because just in terms of the basketball that we're watching right now, this is the the greatest impact, right? Again, it's never been that the Lakers and Russell Westbrook as a pairing um, has ever felt like the two sides were working to resolve it together, right? It, It has never felt like either side has really ever believed heading into the season that there is a fix here that would allow the two of them to continue to work together. It's more stay together for the kids, right? Blink-182 is coming back. It's it's more, hey, let's, let's try to put a proper face until we can finally kind of part ways. And, you know, that's just not any way to, to handle business um, in a sport like basketball where chemistry really matters. And, and momentum and, and collectiveness and continuity and, and, and all of those things really matter. Uh, it, this, it'd be one thing if it was like, I don't even know. Uh, I always kind of harken back to baseball where you could have a shortstop and a right fielder who don't really like each other because those two people never really have to interact on the field, right? You don't turn two with your shortstop and your right fielder. Uh, the 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 only time you might interact is you know in a cutoff throw or something like that. And those happen, especially in today's league, once every like month or so. But like in basketball, Russ has to interact with every other teammate that he has out there, practice in, practice out. Um, he has to figure out how to to work with his you know, starter, the, the the starters that he's out there with. He has to figure out how to work with the second unit if that's a role that he ever accepts. And by the way, hilariously, he once again went to the whole, uh, yeah, I can't come off the bench because my body would break down thing. And I guess we could talk about that later. But but yeah, I, I just think, you know, it, it's impossible for the Lakers to, to, to conduct business as normal if it's just known that the Lakers are waiting for the, 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 for the market to widen so that they have more choices than they currently have right now to eventually and hopefully trade Russell Westbrook, if that's the way that you're doing things, send him home. Say All he is is a contract, right? All you're moving here is a contract. Send him home. 
if you're waiting for 20 games for that contract to, to the prorated amount for it to drop to a place where an owner is more open to, to trading for him and paying him to go away, then just keep him at home. He doesn't have to be a part of the rotation here. You, you, you went out and you signed 37 guards anyway. Use those guards. Allow Just let Russ to go home. And 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 try to, you know, actually commit to a team that you're more clearly committed to than you are with Russ. So, I, I just it's it's wild to me how bad Rob Palinka seems to be at the human element of all of this, right? And it kind of makes sense. All when he was an agent, all he ever had to care about was getting his client the most money he could possibly get. If that client had teammates who wanted more money and and you know, uh, a greater share of the cap. Fuck those guys. That's on the that's on the team to figure out. Um, now, though, Rob has to keep in mind how everybody's decisions, or in this case, lack thereof, impact the entirety of the system and the organization around those decisions. And to this point, that I would argue is his greatest failure: is his inability to see decisions. And, and and the impact that they might have on each other, this this idea that he can run the Lakers as a series of choices that are made in vacuums is asinine. That's not how this works, and apparently he's never going to figure it out. And by the way, he's not going to figure it out because he's yet to been held held accountable for those prior mistakes. Now, if we're to look at this from Rob Palenka's position, right? And as we have established, he tends to look at things in vacuum sealed bags that never have to interact with each other. But from Rob's perspective, he's saying, okay, the offers that we have on the table right now are anywhere from completely underwhelming to not painless, right? Like that, like, let's be honest, the, the, the trade to you know where where Russ would go to Indiana and the Lakers would get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for those two first round picks, um, and and you know maybe the Lakers have to take on Daniel Tice's um, figure two, which by the way, bringing on Daniel Tice's number, given how uninspiring Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones have been in in uh, practices and in preseason to this point, not as painful as once perceived, but but. That trade doesn't it doesn't make me want to you know climb mountains and scream from the top of them that the Lakers are now championship favorites or anything like that. No, of course not. Um, it, it, the Lakers probably aren't going to find a trade like that because Russ at this stage of his career is probably not worth the headache that comes with trading for a forty-seven million dollar Russell Westbrook. For Rob to kind of sit here and hope that, hey, maybe, just maybe, uh, because like the Utah, the Utah Jazz beat Denver last night and those wins are going to stack up. And given the, the, the pot of gold at the end of this rainbow, uh, those wins are going to be really painful. Maybe more of these teams are going to say, well, this season is, is going into the tank. Uh, Wimbenyama would immediately fix essentially all of our organizational problems. Let's just trade away all players who 
can uh, who are helping us win currently, and and thus the market will improve. And that that kind of grading scale that the Lakers are currently looking at, where trades as currently proposed rate from ugh, to eh, maybe those that that scale shifts from eh, to huh. <laughs> all technical terms obviously so i think it, from his perspective that's what he's essentially hoping for is that over the course of these first 20 games or so um the competition will open up for the opportunity to make your you know some of these teams worse and and thus move some of those players to to the better teams the issue there though is that it's not just the lakers who would be vying for those players eventually some team might say huh we're better than we thought we were going to be we we're a center away oh look there's miles turner over there some other team is going to say man it would we're, we're really good we're right on the precipice all we really need here i think is some absolute knockdown shooter oh buddy Hield's available uh some other team out there right whether it's with any of the jazz guys you know i i think we're young we have, you know, a decent combination of, of, of guards there. Um, it would be really nice if we could get, you know, some sturdy backup point guard play from a, a former ours. Oh, Mike Conley's available in Utah, right? And, and yeah, sure, eventually, possibly, the Lakers might get a, a better or a stronger market for their two picks in 2027 and 2029, or they might get a stronger market for a player in Russell Westbrook whose contract makes it impossible to be a competitive NBA team. But like the risk there is that they wouldn't there there that some other player couldn't be moved who makes a team worse, right? And and again, if if Rob is looking at all of this through the prism of we are the only team that exists, <laughs> then then it makes it it opens him up to the possibility of missing out on some of these players. And, you know, the other thing that he's hoping for here is that higher talented players will be made available from teams whose seasons aren't going to plan. One name who has come up here uh, by way of, of actual reports out there, I believe Jovan Buha has, has reported this, and then I've, I've heard it echoed as well, that the Lakers are keeping their eye on Chicago um, and and specifically DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, maybe, maybe he becomes available. But for the Bulls, like, they aren't in, they aren't at the end of a six-year window here. Uh, of course, they would prefer to make the playoffs this year. But if Lonzo Ball is never quite right, and uh, I think Zach Levine has already missed uh, a game uh, last night. So, Chicago might say, well, we can keep DeMar DeRozan. We can be whatever we're going to be this year and, you know, maybe move Vucevic or something like that and and add to, a you know, a, a core that doesn't rely on, on a center who the NBA has kind of passed up on. But this idea that like DeMar DeRozan is going to be available and the Lakers would be only team would be the only team bidding for him because... Apparently they are the only team willing to offer up first round picks for him. It's just it's just crazy. It's 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 a gamble that I don't think is is worth the risk here 
of just completely tanking the first 20 games of the season. And by the way, those 20 games here uh, that the, the Lakers are looking ahead to, uh, they only have a handful of what I would consider winnable games. They play Utah a couple times. They play Portland a couple times. They play Sacramento, but I don't really consider Sacramento a, a game that I would just pencil in as a win given how the preseason went between those two teams. They do play Detroit. They do play San Antonio, but that's it. Like The rest of their games are against the likes of Denver, Minnesota. They play the Clippers tonight. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, they play Phoenix a few times. Uh, they play Cleveland. It's just, it's, it's, it's not exactly an easy opening to the schedule, especially compared to last year where the Lakers were, were, had the opportunity to potentially kind of create some distance. And, and one of the first red flags that we saw last year was that the Lakers had a bunch of these winnable games, especially at home and just kind of trudged through them early on in the season this year. You know, the Lakers could be well below 500 by the time Rob Palenka is apparently ready to pull the trigger on a trade that, by the way, everybody has known <laughs> needed to happen since, like, before the offseason even started. And, and I think that's the last point here that needs to be made. I remember back when Byron Scott was coaching the Lakers, and it was just clear that, like, starting combination after starting combination after starting combination just weren't going to work, partially because... He sucked at putting those combinations together, but also because that roster was really bad and there almost was no starting combination that that was going to make a ton of sense um, with the teams that he coached while he was coaching the Lakers. Uh, but he just kept saying, well, we got to stick with this for 15 games here and we got to stick with this for 10 games here. And he would set these arbitrary lines in the stands um, by which he was assembling data that would allow him to make his next you know, adjustment or whatever. And it, the, the issue with that is that it's arbitrary. It, it, the issue here with 20 games is that it's completely arbitrary. And, and over the course of these 20 games, we're just going to get more data that points to the fact that the Lakers, because of Russell Westbrook's contract and because of the way that the Lakers carried out the rest of their offseason, which clearly was, was one in which they thought Russ was eventually going to be traded, like because of this imbalanced roster and because of Russell Westbrook's contract, we know what these 20 games are probably going to look like. And by the end of these 20 games, we aren't going to know anything more than we knew heading into this offseason, let alone preseason and the regular one. So I, again, it's just what we keep on hearing from Palinka by way of these leaks. And by the way, like Palinka is close with with Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, it what we keep on finding out or or getting from Palinka is excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse to not do his job, and those excuses sound great if your top priority in this gig is to remain employed, but if your top priority is to improve the basketball team. At some point, you would make a tough decision that, yeah, puts you at risk of losing this job altogether, but does show everybody who works for you that you're willing to stick your neck out there to give this team an opportunity to win. And, and in this case, fine. You don't want to trade Russell Westbrook right now um, for whatever reason, whatever. 
then send him home. Send him home. It's a it's a tough decision. It's 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 not the kind that Genie Bus would probably want them to make because Russ is making the forty seven million dollars that he is. But Rob, you're a leader. Be a leader. Make the tough call. Send Russ home and tell everybody who is actually there and and everybody who you're actually committed to. This is the squad until we find some better outcome to this. And if you're not willing to do that, then man, what the fuck are you there for? All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. I was going to talk about Russell Westbrook's statement about the, you know, coming off of the bench or whatever. I, I, again, I, I point to, I think he has reached that point of no return here where I think he was probably told, hey, you're going to be moved at some point here before the season. He wasn't. And I think now the games are starting to be played. And uh, this is just kind of what that would look like, where he is, I'm not going to go out and say that he definitely faked an injury or that he he would ever fake an injury. I, I don't know the guy well enough to, to go there. But we did see him last year kind of tongue-in-cheek say that his back seized up because he was sitting there on the bench uh, late in the game. We've seen him troll that way before. So let's say he did kind of hurt him. He actually hurt himself the other night when he came off of the bench. Um, You don't have the benefit of the doubt here with fans because of the way you handled that situation last year. So he might be, he might have a routine that he sticks to and he might be a very, uh, he is a very regimented individual who really relies on that routine to stay fresh and to, and to stay healthy and all of that stuff. Um, but because of the way that he handled this exact situation last year, it calls into question the legitimacy of his injury that he apparently uh, sustained in that in that final preseason game or second to last preseason game, whatever we want to call it. But anyway, enough about all of that stuff. Uh, the Lakers play the Clippers later tonight. It is once again on national television, so I will be hopping on uh, the pressure cooker to uh, enjoy the the last few minutes of of that game, the last five minutes of that game. Make sure you guys stick around right after that ends for the post game spaces with Raj. Um, as all of this is going on, also get ready to hear uh, the Taco Tuesday guys. Get ready to analyze what they have seen so far this year. And then uh, that will carry us into Friday when Aaron and I will, I would imagine, uh, come to blows once again about the Lakers' approach to the season to this point. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.